Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. Before we get into the show, sis, girl, I just have to give a couple of shout outs because y'all have been showing me some major love in the reviews. And if you have not, girl, so listen, I get a email every Monday from the website that kind of like tracks my podcast and y'all have just been giving your girl some love. So I'm just going to shout out real quickly faithful sister in Christ. She gave such an awesome review of the podcast. She says, God has used you so intentionally to speak in my situations. And I'm grateful. Thank you for your obedience. And may God continue to bless you and your family. Girl, God bless you, sis, because it is just so, so awesome to just read these reviews and how you all are loving, loving, loving the podcast. So I am so excited to just read those. So if you have not, go ahead and take the extra 60 seconds if you love the podcast sis, and leave a review. If you're on Apple iTunes, just scroll up on your podcast page and you can go all the way down, leave a review, leave five stars. I just love, love, love reading the podcast reviews. So girl, I think I have a good episode for y'all today. So I'm going to share some tea and then I'm going to share a quick perspective um, of really kind of where this came from. So if you all have not listened to the last episode of the podcast where I talked to to Kiera about um, her grief story, it inspired me to really talk about, um, which I think is something that is super important which is grief. Um, I have not personally experienced, I will say probably the very traumatizing um, stages of grief. I lost my grandmother a couple, I will say maybe it's been about six years now. My uncle, he died shortly after my son was born during the pandemic. And so there has just been a couple of deaths that have been close to me, but I don't feel like I've experienced a traumatic death But I wanted to talk about grieving friendships today. And I wanted to talk about it in this, in talking about it in grief, because I feel like there isn't a lot of conversation about what grief looks like in friendships and what it really looks like in just kind of this space of when you are healing, when you are in therapy, when you are understanding boundaries and you're understanding trauma, when you're understanding all those different stages of those things that you can sometimes, you know, I won't say lose friendships, but you realize 
maybe some unhealthy behaviors within friendships or you go through seasons in friendships or you essentially in friendships. And so especially as now, you know, I feel like the demographic that I serve are in, in between probably that millennial range, 25 to 35 myself included is 31, but I will say for sure around the age of 27, 28 was when I really started to see that uh, some of the friendships I had weren't as healthy or they weren't serving me in the place that I was in. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about what does grieving friendships look like and why it can be so overwhelming. In fact, I want to say I saw on Instagram, or was it Facebook, Issa Rae actually talked about this, about like friendship loss and what that actually looks like. So I'm going to give it from my perspective and what it means, because I will say from my own experience with losing friendships or having to just kind of cut ties with people on both ends mutually, I think that I've learned and absolutely have come to understand what I want and what I desire in friendships now and just how much those experiences have served in helping me have flourishing relationships, but also how much more it means to me that my friendships and my friend is flourishing in their friendship with me. Because I think especially as an adult that's married and has a kid Friendships shift. I have lifelong friends that I've been friends with literally since we were kids. Um, And there's a higher level of respect and there's a higher level of understanding and compassion that has to happen when you are growing in friendships. But also friendships where, where your friend may be single. Your friend may not have kids. Your friend may not be even or feel like they're at the place in their life they want to be. And so you being their friend through that process and what it looks like to actually have grace for friends and those things. And so I don't know if this is going to be like a multiple episode um, podcast. I, I'm, gonna, I'm hoping I can hit all the points. But if I don't, I plan to make more podcasts around this topic because I think especially talking about what Kira talked about with grief, what it means to lose someone, ending a friendship can look a lot like a traumatic loss, any type of level of loss, whether it be a job, whether it be someone passing, whether you're making a new transition in life, there is a grieving process that occurs. But I think we're going to go deeper today in talking about relationships and friendships and so on and so forth. So I will tag below the Issa Rae um, episode, I'm not episode, but article. And I'm also going to put in the show notes, um, an episode I did with my friend Lauren, we talked about friendships. And so that was an episode I did with her years ago. I don't even remember how long it's been. I want to say it's been like two or three years ago. So I'll tag that in the show notes below for you all to read as well. So what does grieving friendships look like? And this is all rising perspective. This is not Google. This is not all of that, but I am going to talk about the stages of grief that are on Google Um, and what it looks like when we get to that. But if we're just talking about specifically the stages of grief, there's two points of reference for this. There are uh, five stages of grief, and then there's also seven stages of grief. Um, Five stages of grief go as listed denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. 
The seven stages of grief kind of go a little bit more detail. Shock or disbelief, denial, bargaining, guilt, anger, depression, and acceptance slash hope. So I'm going to really kind of focus on the seven stages, quote unquote, and this is on Google. Um, and And it basically says the symptoms of grief can be emotional, physical, social, or religious in nature. And so why I think this is important to understand is shock and disbelief really align with just when you are cutting ties with a friendship. And I'm going to speak from the place of cutting ties. Um, And then in my experience, what it looked like for me, Roslyn, because I cut two very close relationships that I had back in 2019. So in between 2018, 2019, I lost two very close friends of mine in the sense of we cut ties in our friendship. Um shock and disbelief so you're just in total shock that this has occurred this may come randomly on your end or it may even come randomly on the other person's end where they cut ties with you denial meaning that you just kind of can't believe this is happening you're just in complete denial about it bargaining meaning going back and forth of like we can make this work this should work this shouldn't be something that we do but also just understanding that it may be something that you may want to or need to end Guilt, so feeling that goes into feeling shameful, feeling really bad, feeling like overwhelmed, feeling like you did everything wrong in the situation, anger while you're mad about this, depression where you feel a huge level of sadness or a higher level of sadness that is really impacting you, and then acceptance and hope. So for Rosalind, um, there were two friendships that were in my life that I cut ties with back in around 2018, 2019. And just giving you my perspective um, at the time, I really was struggling and I was actually in the middle of my therapy process. So during that time, I was really experiencing a lot of understanding. I was really delving into my daddy issues, really delving into the issues that I had growing up with um, just like the very close enmeshment with my mom. And so a lot of emotional things were happening. Additionally, I had just got married. So in the position I was in, I had just got married. So I was transitioning into from being single to married. I was also in a job, the job I quit before I actually went into full-time entrepreneurship last year that I was really experiencing a lot of turmoil in. Um, and turmoil meaning it was just a very high stress I really did not enjoy the job. I was in between also starting my podcast. So there were a lot of transitions that were happening in my life. But emotionally, I don't feel like I was at the place where I was emotionally available, meaning I just did not have a high level of capacity to serve and give in my friendships. And in some cases, in some regards, there were friends that I had that were seasonal. There were friends that had been longstanding with me. But during that time, I don't feel like I served in my relationships very much in a healthy way. And this is for me, I was very like just emotional a lot. And the way that I was before I kind of really implemented boundaries was I was the friend that everybody came to. And when I say everybody came to, if you define it that way, I was kind of, I guess, quote unquote, the strong friend. I always have advice. I always was there to serve. But I always sometimes felt like I was giving but didn't receive it back. Now, that wasn't the sense of always in the two friendships that I that ended 
But there were times that I felt as though I was just not emotionally available and I couldn't give in those friendships, even though those friendships wanted something as respected in return. So there wasn't like a reciprocal on my end in giving. And so I think also what I realized, there were a couple things within a specific friendship that I had were just unhealthy. I didn't feel as though it was um, serving me at the time that I was experiencing in life where I felt like I just wanted to pour. There were a lot of disagreements, a lot of just like what things looked like. And I also had to feel like a lot of times I was fighting a perception of who I was and trying to also understand what I was experiencing. And so for me at the time, because I was healing and dealing with a lot of stuff, not to blame that on the situation, but just where I was, I was not at the place emotionally where I feel like I could give. And so it ended on both ends. The friendship ended on one my end for one of them and then mutually essentially on the other. And how that following afterwards, I really kind of came to a place where I understood what I wanted in friendships. Thank God I wasn't counseling. Like I don't think that I would have processed or even been at the place to maybe really even start to overcome some of the feelings I felt of grief in those friends I grieved both of those friendships no matter what each side had to say I grieved those friendships one was a friendship of like 15 years um and another one was a friendship of maybe I want to say maybe about four or five years um and so or no about three years about three solid years um and so I think what I learned from that process was that I had to have a place where I could just process through it. There was no way possible for me to ever really get to a place of understanding what it felt like because I had to really feel every single feeling of grief. I think it's so easy to just say, this is the reason that person did this. And there was some of that, like in the beginning stages of that, I think it was a lot of blame. Even for a couple of years following those situations, I think there was just a lot of blame. But now I'm at the place where I'm at where it was just like I wasn't emotionally available, nor was I emotionally healthy to have constructive conflict, to have conflict that resulted in proper listening, that resulted in me being at a place where I could hear the other person and receive it back. And because I was broken, I think I also broke those friendships down even more. And so I think when it comes to like grieving friendships, especially when you're in a healing process, you really have to evaluate where you are. When you are in counseling, when when you are for yourself healing, when you're understanding emotional awareness, what it looks like to feel disappointed, what it looks like to um, deal with daddy issues or mommy issues, or you're processing those things in counseling your your emotional vulnerability is at a higher level and so what that means is where in natural conversations with people you may not have these deep conversations about around emotion and so when you're digging up a lot of past things past trauma you are so emotionally vulnerable so you react differently. You're more irritable. And until you really kind of, and I, and I will say you're even at the place where you're heightened more even spiritually because you see things differently. You're starting to begin to see the wounds and the things that 
the enemy throws at you constantly. And so you're so much more irritable. You are, you don't have a high tolerance for just things that would irritate you. And so you have to really even give yourself time to process through what that looks like. Because for you to be sensitive to hearing conversations and also hearing other people may be a lot lower. And I do feel like that's where I was. I was just in a lot of transition and a lot of turmoil. And so what the stages for me looked like, a lot of it had a lot to do with what it looked like for me was just really being able to see the other side of things, being able to see the other side of the person and how that works. However, one of my friendships in particular just was not helpful. It was not it was not a healthy friendship. It did not serve in a way that I think was beneficial, not anything on the other person, but it just wasn't helpful at the time. And so for me, I had to decide, do I want to continue to be in this space where I'm frustrated and I know I don't need to be in this friendship anymore, or do I need to cut ties? And cutting ties looks different for everybody. For me, it was like unfollowing on social media. It really meant cutting communication. It even got to a place where I just really could not respond when conversations were to happen. I probably want to address that the same way now, but at the time I just did not have the emotional capacity to even be able to communicate without maybe reacting in a wrong way or just spewing things I didn't want to say. And so I think how you handle things and how you react may look different initially than where you look at now. Now years have passed. I'm way more reflective and probably would approach a situation different. And so when you're thinking about what grief looks like, you have to really be able to understand that you are going to think about them. If you lost a person in your life, it can even bring up the same reaction of losing a physical loved one because there is a high sense of loss. There's a high sense of something being out of your routine. You're going to think about them. You're going to think about things you said. You're going to think about things you could have did differently. You're going to think about and grieve the loss of potential, the loss of being able to have someone you've known for years, the loss of what the shift looks like for you to even have to Um, adjust in your mutual friendships because there were friendships I had where myself and another person had a mutual friend and so even adjusting in those conversations of what that looks like losing out on time losing out on what time did I invest into this losing out on events you may not be able to go to events anymore or go to events for a period of time where you can be around them and there's no struggle And so I think there becomes a thing where you have to know, like, why am I thinking about them so much? Well, you're grieving. You're thinking of, you're feeling, like, I know I felt for my other friendship, I felt a high sense of guilt. Like, what did I do wrong? What did I not say? Were there things that I did differently? And and I will say specifically in that friendship, God started to reveal things to me about our communication, And it was becoming to a point where it was becoming so negative that it was very hard to even just have a regular conversation. And so you don't have any control of how the other person reacts. You don't have any control about how the other person feels. You don't have any control about how the other person even may perceive you or even may talk about you. And so because of that, you have to understand, and this is why I always say, 
Thank God I wasn't counseling because I didn't have any other place to really process this. I would talk to my husband, but he would be like, just talk to him, say, you know, say what you need to say. But, I, but at the time it was just not healthy. And also additionally, Rosalind was not at the place confidently where she could really say what she mean to me, what she say. And so there was a lot of, for me, passive aggressiveness. I wouldn't say how I felt. I would keep things to myself. I would be very like, if I say something, then something's going to happen. And so it was very, very important to understand that the disconnection communication wise needed to occur. And that was just for me. And so with the understanding of the relationship shifting, Understanding that also friendships happen in seasons. And so I had to become okay with the fact that, yes, I invested this much time into a situation, but that also doesn't mean that because I've grown and I'm a different person that the situation still has to serve where I'm at because it doesn't. And so I think seasonal relationships that happen where you communicate for a little while and things fall off. It's not a bad thing depending upon who the person is because there are some friendships in my life, y'all, where we may not communicate every day. We may not communicate for a month, two months, three months, but best believe if I call and we talk, we pick up where we left off. And here's the thing. There doesn't mean that there's no investment in that relationship just because there's no communication for a little bit of time. And so I want you all to be thinking about as you're, if you have been grieving friendships, it's okay. Like you're going to feel those stages. Then they are stages. You may feel very angry at a time. You may feel very sad. Then you may get to a place of where you accept it. I remember for one specific friendship, the one that I was friends with for around three to four years, I had a really tough time accepting the fact we weren't friends anymore. Cause at one time we were super, super close and it was a lot of guilt. I, I probably say I really fluctuated between like denial, guilt, and acceptance because there were moments where I would feel these like random, random urges to like call and just say, hey, like where did we go wrong with our, our friendship? But then there were times of like wanting to respect the other person where it came to a point where I just had to respect the fact that this distance was there. And that me communicating was just not going to be. So what were some of the things that I did? Um, I will say for me, therapy. I'll say I also talked to friends that I had about how I felt. I journaled a lot. I journaled a whole lot. I talked to God often. I talked to my husband often. So as you can see, like the consistent, um, the consistent pattern of what I'm saying that I did was I talked to people. So I really, really leaned on the support that I had. I cried a whole lot. So there were times where I really cried. I really tried to up my self care in the sense of if I really just felt like going to get a Starbucks coffee and that may not be for everybody. I went and did it because I was really grieving those friendships, but also too, I had to on the flip side, understand that my timing in those friendships gave me the ability to have the emotional capacity in my current friendships. I feel like I'm a way better friend now. Now, I'm three to five days to text back. (laughs) But I'm also very available if necessary for a lot of people. My capacity for friendships has gotten larger. My communication about what I need in a friendship is better. 
I'm not a texter. My friends know this. I will send a voice. I send voice memos to my mama. So like literally, I don't really like to talk on the phone a lot unless it's I'm FaceTiming or like we're really in a deep conversation. We have a quote unquote scheduled time to talk. But like I have friendships with people who I don't have to talk to every day. And that is totally fine. And that is totally okay within the friendships that I have. And there's also a level of maturity. I have a son and a husband. So there's a level of also respect of when I was in my 20s. Yeah, we would drive to Atlanta and go stay a weekend out of town and we would kick it. But the level of responsibility is different for me now. So I don't have the capacity to do those things anymore. Or even like have the same kind of conversations anymore. The other thing that I did that also was really helpful that helped in counseling was one of the things my therapist suggested very early on when I remember talking to her about friendships was she said to me to really understand that I can categorize my friends and that didn't really sit well with me at first child but now I really understand what it meant so she she kind of explained like build your squad because I have a lot of people that I will that I will call friends and so she talked she talked about building your squad and what she said was you can separate your friends in different categories based on where you are in life so I have friends for spiritual relationships I have friends that we talk about business. I and I say spiritual, I mean we're talking about God. I have friends that I talk to about business. I have friends that I talk to about money. I have friends that are long-standing friends that we just catch up. I have friends where we talk about friendships and actually therapy and like mental health stuff because not everybody is on the same wheelhouse that I am. We're talking about these things or these deep-rooted things that are really helpful. I have social media friends that I love to talk to about different things. I have friends that are my mommy friends. I have friends that are my married friends. And so categorizing helped me be able to separate what was it that I wanted to talk to about or open up about in these friendships with other people. So for example, I have a work friend that she and I became friends like back in 2017. I literally talked to her about mommyhood. We talk about business and we talk about just things we're going through. But I may not delve so much into marriage. I may not delve so much into my relationship with God or what I feel like God is showing me. I may not, not to say she's not Christian, she is. We may touch on that, but I'm not like delving into those things. And so what it's given me is the freedom to really, build closeness and vulnerability in these friendships without feeling the need to like air out every part of my life with one person. Then there are friends who I've actually built like relationships based on one area. So like I have a business bestie who I love. She and I talk literally every week and we send voice memos all week from us talking about business, we've gone into talking about relationships. I talked to her about my son. I talked to her about me buying a house. I talked to her about my feelings about things God is showing me that we've even increased other areas of our lives with being able to build on our relationship with each other. And so I think that it's built maturity. It's built me to have a higher level of respect for other people, especially other people's privacy. Like I don't delve into every part of everybody's life just because I'm friends with them. That's to their discretion to share. But more than anything, I think that you all have to know, especially if you have cut off a friend, to build the time up to understand this deeper. So I think I'm going to go into um, another episode to talk about 
season of friendships, what that can look like, how relationships shift when you're healing and when you are like delving into some of these things. And I'll talk a little bit more in depth about friendships and categories. And I think that'll give you a little bit more of a viewpoint of how you can utilize these things and also how to maybe communicate. I'll touch on a little bit of communication in the next episode about what you can communicate to your friends when you're in these different situations. So be on the lookout for next week's episode where I'll go into part two about this, but also I'll do a little bonus episode this week I wanted to share with y'all about uncertainty so be on the lookout for that and I love y'all and if you love this week's episode share it with me on Instagram let me know you listen share it with a friend that you know might be experiencing some grief or go ahead and just leave a review that always makes me so happy and I love y'all and we'll talk next week brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.